Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is episode 91. I'm sitting here via Zoom with Will Lusberg, the Hell's Kitchen season nine runner-up. How's it going, man? It's going, man. Same bologna, different bread. Same shit, different toilet. You know how it goes. <laughs> Dude, I just want to start off the podcast by saying that I think you got you got hosed on the uh, on on season nine with the uh, with the uh, whatever his name was that one. He kept pushing that whole "Oh, my mom died" shit. I was like, "Fuck, this dude's got to come out with some sort of fucking thing so we can yeah. get behind him." I was like, "They can't." This dude said, like, I remember watching it. This dude said that he, his mom died like 10 times. I was like, well, he's going to fucking win. They're not going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> like so I, I definitely ate the entire 10-inch dick on that on that season. <laughs> but um, I, I will say that uh, his name is Paul. Oh. And we talk every now and again. I will say that Paul's a good guy. Paul's a hard worker. He's a good cook. Um and he tried out for the show like a, a whole bunch before they actually cast him on okay. season nine. Like, I think he's tried out like four or five times. Um, and like me, I like the season I was on, like I auditioned three months before they filmed, you know, really? but I, I had like a, a very, very, um, I really don't give a fuck attitude <laughs> when I was younger. Like if I had something to say, I'm the same way now, kind of just a little, a little more tamed down. Um, but like, if I had something to say, I have no problem saying it. I, I don't care who you are, what you do, where you work. Like, I'm going to say what I want to say, how I want to say it. And if it comes off aggressive or like me being an asshole, then that's just the way it's going to be. Um, Paul's Paul is not as like that. Paul's a little more toned down. Um, and like I said, he tried out like four or five times before they cast him. Um, so despite me being the one to beat or whatever, I think Paul was the one to be because he had a history with the show. Um, but yeah, he won and I didn't. So I'm born for second place. <laughs> what was the, uh, also, I feel like touching on the, you could say whatever you want. I think it's also because you're like a bigger dude. Like, I can't last like, yeah. I want, but I, I risk getting my ass beat all the time. Yeah. I mean like that, that definitely helps out. I mean, I'm not a small guy. I walk around six three two seventy. Fight you. So like I'm not like a little guy, and uh, I have an attitude. Also, I have a, it was, when I was younger, I had more of an attitude. I have kids now, so like I'm drained to shit. Um, but like when I was younger, like I don't care how big you are, I don't care what you do or where you're from or what you're trained in. Like if you're gonna come at me, I'm gonna be there to answer the call. And sometimes you win sometimes you lose but a lot of the times people would be like oh fuck that's the guy <laughs> you know so what's the last fight you were in um i don't even remember man really probably it was probably um in my drinking days uh coming up as a chef in new york city we we drank a lot and we hung out a lot and it was like 18 hours of work and then five hours of drink two hours of sleep and then repeat um and there were a lot of days that, like, you just don't remember. And you wake up and your hands are hurting. And you're like, why is there a tooth in my knuckle? Um, <laughs> I'd probably say I haven't gotten into a fight in probably, like, 15, 16 years. Oh, damn. You know, ba yeah, back when I used to, like, drink, drink. You know? <laughs> a lot of the times, like, you can de-escalate things, though. Like, if you can talk. I can also talk. I, I, can, I, can, I can convince people to not do what they want to do. Um so if, if people want to fight, then like, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're tough. You're right. You win. Good for you. Um, <laughs> unless I was like three fingers of Jack deep. And then it was, okay, Leo, let's do that. 
through what was the uh, so what was the casting process like um so for me i was living in a uh, an apartment with my now wife who was my girlfriend at the time and uh i'm gonna really date myself now because something popped up on myspace yeah you don't even fucking remember myspace <laughs> do you <laughs> no man you probably came in at the tail end of like facebook and shit how old are you anyways man i'm 24 24 jesus christ um and somebody sent me something on MySpace, and they were like, hey, this show is casting. And, like, I was a little pissy because, like, I auditioned for Top Chef when Top Chef first uh, did it, and I made it to the final casting, and they ditched me, and I was a little fucking pissed off about it. Um, so, like, this opportunity came up. Say again? How soon after was this next opportunity from that? Probably, like, five months, something like that, six months. So, like, the burn was still there. Right. Um, so this came up, and it was, like, we're casting in New York city, New Jersey for Hell's Kitchen, yada, yada, yada. And I remember I just got out of the shower and I was sitting on my couch in a towel when my, when my girlfriend, my now wife was getting dressed and uh, I saw, and I was like, fuck it. Like I'd rather take the shot and miss than not take the shot at all and wonder what it would have been like. Right. So I sent him an email in, in, in very, very asshole fashion. And I said <laughs> that you guys cast a bunch of assholes and pussies on your show. And none of them can cook and fuck Gordon Ramsay also. And I will work every single one of them down. And if you have a set of balls between your legs, call my bluff and see what happens. And within 45 minutes, my phone was ringing. And, um, <laughs> they asked me to go and meet some casting people in the city. Um, and I did that. And it was a couple, th- couple of those. It was like maybe three of those. And then they were like, the producers want you to go out to LA to meet them. And, uh, See if they like you. And they were casting, I think, season nine and ten at that time. Um, so there were probably like 150 people living in this hotel for like four days right outside the airport, right outside the airport. And like you have no contact with anybody. So like you know why everybody's here. But right. like you're not allowed to converse with them in any way, shape, or form. And they tell you just like mind your business. So like I brought a laptop and I'm watching DVDs that were illegally burned in some New York City subway. Um, and like you, you see people and you met the producers for maybe 15 minutes on the last day, um, and then they sent you home. Uh, and then I didn't hear from them for like two weeks. And uh, then they called me while I was at work and they were like, "We need to film you one more time for something." And that's when they gave me a card saying that uh, I was chosen to be on season nine. So it wasn't a bad process. I will say you, I didn't have to cook it all to get on the show. Um, one of the ongoing jokes during my season was I didn't think they actually was people would say that they didn't think they actually casted real chefs on the show. So what, <laughs> so what is Will doing there? Um, and I didn't have to cook it all. It was hundred percent about personality and coming from where I live. Um, you, a lot of people have attitudes. We're very loud. We talk with our hands. Um, we're somewhat aggressive. So we have very conflicting personalities with the remainder of the country. So their goal was to cast 18 people, I think it was, with conflicting personalities uh, to live in a house together. And they also just happened to cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone? I hope I don't, I don't get in trouble for this shit, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, my, 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 my brother's a pretty good lawyer. So I'm not. <laughs> Is there anyone from the season that you still talk to? Cause I remember, I think the, the main villain that they vilified was Elise, but. 
No offense to Elise. I understand Elise does what her thing, but they didn't vilify her. She did it to herself. And it's the same, right. it's, a, it's the same thing with everybody on the show. Nobody is making you say what you have to say. Nobody is making you act how you have to act. That's how you wish to be portrayed. The show will clip things to make it look certain ways, but that's, th- that's their job. Um, but I don't think they vilified her. Right. Uh, that's how she is. And that's how you're going to be. She's from Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh people are very much like we are. We're like, we're, we're loud. We're aggressive. Like, I don't fucking care what you have to say or how you're going to fucking say it. If I have a response, you're going to know. And it's not going to be like the, the polished sugar-coated kind. You know, it's going to be very, uh, very truthful. So I don't think they did it to her. I think they, she did it to herself. I do talk to a couple people. I talked to Tommy, um, Tattoo Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super fucking awesome guy. I talked to, uh, to Jennifer from Boston. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was on a, an all-star episode and she got robbed. Um, I talk to Paul every now and again. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I talk more to people that aren't in my season. Um, the guy that was in my place in season 10, Justin Antorio, uh, he came in, he was runner up season 10. I talked to him fairly often. We actually just finished a, a job together. Um, so yeah. What kind of job? Uh, so he works for a company. Um, I'm trying to not get myself right. in trouble with, uh, with certain things. So we did a job together and it's going to remain like that for now. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, for the, uh, like the, the confessionals, like the interviews that they clipped together, how soon after like events happened, are you guys sitting there? Like, is it hours later? No, they, they fuck with you. And like, they fuck with you because that's their job. Like they put you in these rooms and they know that you just worked all night and the room's like a hundred and fucking 10 degrees. And they like pump steam into it. I don't know if it's intentional or if it's, they're just like, you get this shit room, but it's like, you're hot and you're freaking annoyed. And like captain dumb fuck just did something stupid and got you kicked out or whatever it was. Right. Uh, and then you're on microphone and somebody's like, so tell me about your experience. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck you. Like um, a lot of the times it was relatively close to when the actual incident occurred. Um but there are times that they make you back up. Like, remember three days ago when this happened? And I'm right. like, I, I smoke weed. I don't fucking remember what happened <laughs> yesterday. Like, you want me to remember what happened three days ago? <laughs> um, and that, with that, they also, like, they don't let you shave or they make you shave. Like, they want you to have a consistent look uh, right. throughout your entire time. So if they do have to do a reclip or something, then you kind of look the same in each clip. So they can kind of like put it to where it needs to be. So like there'd be a joke be like, dude, if I don't get a six pack of fucking beer right now, I'm going to go shave. <laughs> it just like fucks with their world. <laughs> you know, and they'd be like, we'll get the beer. We'll get the beer. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was there, did there, was there, a, did you watch your season when it came out? I did. I did. I did. Um, so I, I'm a, a food dork. Um, I watch the Food Network. I watch like all the stupid shows. I always have like I've always had some, I guess, want and desire to do some sort of cooking competition. It's just a way of like seeing whose dick is bigger. You know, (laughs) it's like you come up and it's like I know that like how I came up, we're doing things the right way. But you also know that's happening in other places, too. So it's like who's got the most moxie, you know, so I've always wanted to. So I watched Hell's Kitchen. 
from season one to season eight. Um, which is why I thought it was funny when they actually cast him because like I knew a decent amount about the show. Uh, I did watch every episode of the show. I hosted parties in New York City. I had deals going with bars and restaurants um, oh, yeah. that I'm, I'm taking a percentage off the check, uh, off, off their take for the night because I'm bringing people in. I mean, I'd have parties and there'd be like 75 people filling their bar. Oh, hell yeah. You know? um, but during these times, they were showing them two nights in a row. They were showing them on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So Tuesday nights were a double bottle of Jameson nights sitting in a bar with a bunch of dirty, grungy people, half of who I've never met. Uh, <laughs> and then the next night was kind of like sitting at home with my wife uh, and like ordering some takeout and just chilling out and watching the show. But we watched every episode. Was there any like cutaways or confessionals that they like that you noticed? You're like, hold on, because like uh, my homie did AGT, and mm-hmm. for they clipped like a a reaction from the judges that wasn't actually a reaction to him, and just put it for his because it looked better. Was there anything that's in the, like that? Yeah, that's in the contract. That's I don't I don't know if I can say it's in the contract, but like it's said that like if there's if if there's no drama being created, they'll create drama. Right. You know, right. It's not like they're going to lie. They're not lying about anything. You really said that. It just might not have been in that context or during that time frame. Like there was one scene where it must have been relatively early because there was this real douchebag piece of shit named Brendan on my season. And I fucking hate him to this fucking day. <laughs> um, Is that the dude that banged that chick? He didn't bang. See, that's exactly what I was going to reference. Oh, perfect. So there's that blonde chick, Carrie. Right. That you're reverent. It looks like they're walking into a bedroom. That room that they walked into is a staircase that leads outside to go smoke a cigarette. <laughs> so, like, they kind of make it look like the way it is. Nobody's fucking in the show. I mean, like, let's call a spade a spade. I'm in a room with five fucking dudes that I've never <laughs> met before. You know, like, who's fucking in that in that situation? Nobody. I might. Like, <laughs> good for you. Good. I had a picture of my. I had a picture of my wife from my nightstand. Like, if any, if there was anybody rallying anybody in that room, I'd be like, like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't need to see your bare little ass fucking humping away. Like, you know, I live here. I live here. You know. I wonder what what Carrie thought about that cutaway. She's probably like, what the hell? I I don't talk to her, and like to be honest, I really don't care about her opinion. Right. Um. Uh, she's the kind of person that I think was happy with that because it got people talking about her. She seemed very uh, attention. She seemed very attention starved. Right. You know, was yeah. there like a, I have this in the notes, was there like, was there like a designated like jerk off stall? I mean, how long was like the recording? No, 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 no. There were, I hope not, man, because they didn't include me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, man, like there's one bathroom for everybody and it's got like no no it's like it's like it's like it's like a it's like a locker room like like a high school locker room okay and there's like two or three stalls we designated one of those stalls just for the girls okay Uh, excuse me and then there's like three sinks and like two or three showers and everybody would have to you rotate that's just kind of like how it is so i hope there wasn't a designated stall for, (laughs) for 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 whacking um but like, not everything is as it seems, you know. Um, it, we do live on on location um, for the majority of the time. Take that for what it is. 
we're not we're, <laughs> okay. we're not actually we're not actually there uh all seven days a week yeah because i was thinking about the you know gordon's office or whatever I'm like there's no way that dude's just fucking up there like this so i don't know if this is coming up later on in this conversation or what but like where it comes with like gordon and where he is or or whatever like you don't see him you barely see him like you see him for the challenge um and then as soon as the challenge is over he's gone doing who knows what the dude's fucking busy he runs a culinary empire um and then he's back for service but you have no other interaction with him. It's not like you're sitting down and having conversations and like chilling out with this dude the entire time that you're there. Right. Like if he's not on camera, you're not, at least not in my experience, maybe somebody else's. Um, but if he's not on camera or if they're not recording something for the show, there's, that's it. We're done. Like he's going his way. You're going your way. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So how did you, how did you get into cooking? Um, so I'm not, I, I fucking hated school growing up. Um, I grew up playing, playing sports. I grew up playing ice hockey and stuff. Um, and I never took school seriously. And for me, like looking back now, I kind of wish I did, but I didn't. Um, culinary just kind of came naturally. Um, it's just something I got, like I come from an Italian and a Jewish background and it's like in my family, we're very, very food focused. And it's like, you sit down at a kitchen table and you have a conversation and um, our family is kind of built around food to this day. My mother makes my father drive all over North Jersey, dropping off food that she makes to me, my brothers and my sister, <laughs> you know, just so we have something from home. So I always like culinary and food just kind of like meshed with me. Um, and then I went to culinary school and uh, I met some really cool cats that I still talk to to this day. Oh, yeah. Um, and we would go to school and then we would go home and we would smoke a ton of weed and we would play Tony Hawk's pro skater in GTA. <laughs> and we would all be like at the top of our class. Like, I don't know what it was. I just surrounded myself with kids that like knew how to cook. And then there's other cats that we graduated with that like went home and it was like study, 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 and then fail, fail, fail. Um, and like, we just kind of like chilled out, had fun took it for what it was worth and uh, everybody's successful. One of them lives up in uh, Vermont and he's in the process. He opens up a new restaurant in the next two weeks. Uh, another buddy's in Connecticut. Um, he owns two restaurants and three food carts. And then um, my other buddy, he passed away a couple of years back um, while working in Miami. But I talked to his younger brother relatively also often um, who is a very, very well-known chef in the New York city area as well. So we keep, we keep, we keep touch with those people. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. opening a restaurant right now, you probably suck ass because of COVID, but not, not really. So like that project I was talking about with Justin before it might've involved opening up something. Um, and it's killing right now. It's absolutely killing. I mean, luckily we're in a time and a place where, the majority, and I'll get into this in a minute because I'm a little angry today. The yeah. majority of people um, like to support local small business. That's kind of like what it is. The, the restaurant and hospitality industry has taken a huge fucking hit in the past 10, 11 months. And businesses are closing left and right. And it's not just culinary and hospitality. It's small business in general. I mean, and you take guys like Dave Portnoy from Barstool that are going out of their way to raise over $30 million to help small business and restaurants. 
And this morning I fucking open up Instagram and my buddy who's got a restaurant in Connecticut is posting something about some fucking clown dogging his shop. He's some comedian wannabe fucking food critic and walked into my buddy's place in the past couple of days. And because the waitress, it's a, it's a counter stop. It's a counter place because there's no indoor dining. Right. She didn't immediately say hello to him. So this fucking asshole decided to trash my buddy's new restaurant and brought, he kept saying, I'm not going to let this influence it. I'm not going to let it influence my decision, but I'm just saying like bad attitudes have fucking repercussions and totally to, barely said anything about the food. Uh, and it was just constantly about this chick's attitude, which she, she didn't even have. She's in the middle of a fucking divorce. And this dude's sitting there yelling at her and making her fucking cry. Has nothing to do with the fucking business. And then he you know? posted it. And then he posted on Instagram. <laughs> fucking clown. Like I listen, I'm an asshole. If I like I said, I've I have a lot of things to say, especially when it's about my industry. You know, I right. walked into a restaurant that opened up around three weeks ago. I walked in four days after opening. A slew of fucking problems. I could easily be that hand job that walks onto Yelp and starts typing and trying to destroy <laughs> something. Or I can try to be constructive and go up to the manager and be like, hey, listen, you might want to tell your guys yada, 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 yada. Right. And try to help somebody improve and maintain business and put food on their family's table. You know, like, it's just stupid. It's stupid. You're going to take the social media because you thought that somebody friggin' tried to clown you. You know, it's, it's, it's stupid. Stay in, your, stay in your lane. I think it might be a little bit different out there than than it is out here because there's not really like that many small like businesses out here. Like even like the smallest, like sushi shop out here, there's multiple of, uh, uh no, here we have like a lot of, a lot of one ofs. Yeah. You know? I think of like, there's like the local bar that we all go to is Silky Sullivan's. It's that's the only one that I could think of. That's so think of Silky Sullivan's. Wouldn't you want to patron something like that now more than like something that's like a chain? Like, why promote, why promote the consistency of a fast food or a corporate, uh, corporate structured restaurant when you can support the guy that's trying to feed his fucking family? McDonald's doesn't give a shit if they close a location. It's not going to affect them in any way, shape, or form. However, if person A shuts down a location, that's their livelihood. That's their livelihood. You know, it's just, it's fucking stupid. People are clowns. People are absolute clowns. What's something that like goes into like a restaurant that like the normal consumer wouldn't even like think about or know? Like like someone like me walking in and we just sit down, order food comes, whatever. What's like I don't know. Like what's something that? <clears throat> so I-, um, I think the majority of things that people don't know because I hear people say it even with when I'm dining with them, they sit down. And they're like, "Oh, why am I spending eighteen dollars for a burger?" Right. It's like you're spending $18 for a burger because you're not just paying for the burger. That burger, we're trying to run it like a 22% food cost. All right. So take 22% away of that away. Now you got 78% that you have to make up for, but that 78% is going for your waiter service, the dishwasher, the cooks to cook the food. It's going for rent, electricity. It's going for everything. So when people come into a place and they start bitching and complaining about what we're charging, I'm not charging it because I'm making a killing. I'm charging it because we have to survive as well. Yeah, you have to survive. That, that stuff costs money. You know, people don't understand that, like, 
everybody is a human being. Everyone thinks that they have this, this um, I'm, I'm high and mighty attitude when they walk into a place. And like, yeah, we need you to survive. We need you. I need you to dine at my restaurants so I can survive. But that doesn't mean you can come in and just be a douche. It right. doesn't. Is, so with like Hell's Kitchen, a lot of the, the questions that people submitted that I'll ask like the best ones at the end, but a lot of them had to do with like Gordon yelling. Uh, is that any, anything about a, a real kitchen? He's a pussycat. Oh, real. That's, you know, toned, like, that's toned down. One of the things that I got to say is like people walked in there and I don't know if they thought it was all TV show or what. So the way Hell's Kitchen works, that's called a brigade system. A brigade system is when there are cooks on every single station and your job is to solely cook that portion of each plate. Then the chef is the one or the sous chef that actually um, finalizes the plate, plates it, approves it and sends it out. That's the way a brigade system works. Um, I don't think the majority of people nowadays cook in a brigade system. The majority of the people, it's like, I'm on grill. So you have every component of the dish that's grilled, whether it's vegetable, starch, protein, sauce, whatever it is, total opposite than a brigade system. Um, however, I don't know what it's like in the, the rest of the country. In New York, when I was coming up, it was very common for things to be thrown at you. If you fuck something up or if you made that chef angry, like something's coming at you. Like he will yell at you, like nose to nose, screaming in your face. And then you're going to get something thrown at you. And then your line mates are going to get pissed because now you're bringing attention to them. <laughs> So now you're just like, now you're getting fucked both ways. That's when bad cooks play games. Take your tongs, throw your tongs in the oven, and then put them back on your board. Um, throw an ice cube in the fryer if you're at the fryer. Make the fryer pop a little bit. Like There are <laughs> ways to fuck with people. You don't see it as often now. Now there's a lot of like chefs are people too. Um, but that's, that's legit. You have to have thick skin in the kitchen. Because at the end of service, much like gr was like at after service when it was challenges he was nice and calm and happy and a different type of individual very right. much the kitchen your chef is in your face yelling at you it's not a personal thing it's a you're fucking up my business thing but at the end of the day you guys go and you're at a bar and you're drinking and doing shots and smoking some weed or whatever it is and everybody's happy happy as a fucking clam <laughs> you know like you forget about it because tomorrow's another day but that's how you learn because you walk in there with fear. And you're like, I'm not, get, I'm not getting my fucking ass kicked today. And that's when you're making sure that you're prepared and you're ready to go. Did you ever watch the, uh, the movie chef with, uh, John Favreau? <laughs> Love it. John Favreau is a fucking funny dude, man. <sighs> that movie. He's got, he's got that spinoff on Netflix. Have you seen that? No. It's called, it's called the chef show. So what he does, it's him and Roy. Uh, Roy Choi is one of those guys that trained him. He owns uh, uh, those food trucks out, out by you in California. Um, and it's him and Roy Choi, and they take dishes and food from the movie Chef and show you how to really make them. A lot of, like, highbrow guest chefs and all that stuff. And they show you, like, the right way of doing, doing stuff. It's cool. That's for, like, guest chefs, like, on the show when he would bring in – uh, like guest chefs and shit where like did you guys have to like kind of like pretend to be like impressed or like sometimes people would just be like oh no way but like were there times where you're just like who the fuck is that there were times where I was like who the fuck is that yeah. um, but there were other times where I was just like 
oh shit, you know, and they they do kind of want like natural reactions. Like there was a time where uh, Eric Greenspan, who I'm a big fan of, um, he was a guest judge, and I was like, oh shit, like it's Eric Greenspan. Uh, but the four other people on the judging panel, I was like, oh the fuck, any of you are, <laughs> you know. So it was just like, hello, hello, hello. And then it was like, yo, what's up, Eric Greenspan? <laughs> you know? Did you like your food? Uh, Eric Greenspan rated me a 10 out of 10, which was good. Hell yeah. yeah. So what happened, like, immediately after the show for you? Um, so, oh, fuck, when did I get home? I got home April, May. Maybe, like, April or May or something like that, my filming uh, stopped. And they aired relatively quickly. They aired the show within like a month and a half of me being home. So for that month and a half, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't let people know I was on the show. Couldn't let people know anything about it. They actually notify us as to when we were able to talk about it. Uh, we had a, a rather extensive non-confidentiality uh, clause in our, con- in our, in our contract. Um, so we couldn't really talk about it. So it was just back to work and back to normal. You know, um, I was a chef at the Waldorf Astoria here in New York when that happened. And uh, they granted me the time and paid me for the time for me leaving. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, it was cool. And then I came home and went straight back to work. How long was the total like filming process? I think from what I remember, it was like four to six weeks or something like that. Oh, that's not that's not too, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, it's not like super duper long. It's not. I mean, and, like, I didn't have kids then. Like, I, I had gotten married the October prior. So my wife and I were maybe like five, six months or so into into being married when this happened. So she had some time to herself, which I'm sure she was she was happy to get. Right. Um, but, like, there's people with, like, kids on the show. And, like, me as a dad now, there's no fucking way I would want to be away from my kids for four to six weeks. I mean, like, that's a, that's a long freaking time when you're talking about, like, young kids a lot of shit happens in four to six weeks with kids man and then there's the you know? the chicks that are on the show that had kids and the kid had to stay with like just the dad the whole time <laughs> like that's difficult man or like think about like the single parent you know where it's like you have to go and stay with grandma and grandpa for four to six weeks and the entire time we're on the show we're not allowed to have contact with home yeah that was so, my next question like i mean yeah. like you don't have like a cell phone or nothing like so we get off the plane so like when it's filming time we get off the plane and there's a guy or a chick sitting there with your name and you go to a hotel it's the same hotel from when that they sent you to when they were originally casting okay and um they straight up tell you like make your last phone call you know it was like freaking death row um and then it's like i called my wife and i was like hey babe i said i'm here i'm safe i'm happy everything's good i'll talk to you when i talk to you and they take your wallet, your passport, they take your cell phone, and then they take you up to your room and they go through your luggage to make sure you're not packing any drugs or booze or any of that stuff. And then, um, what do they call it? I forget what they called it, but they go through like all your stuff and anything that's got like a logo like this, they put black tape over because they're not sponsored by any of that stuff. So, um, I fucking don't remember what it was, what it was called, but they cover all logos and symbols of stuff. So they tell you, like, I couldn't wear like this immigrants feed America shirt, immigrants do feed America. Um, I couldn't get away with wearing that shirt on there. Uh, I couldn't wear like a sports hat or any of that shit. 
Um, even like the Crest logo on your toothpicks, like they put black tape over it. Gee. And then, yep. And then once uh, they do that, man, this is going to fucking annoy me because I, I really wish I remember what it was called. But then when they do that, then now you're stuck in a hotel room for five more days with like, they don't tell you really what's going on. Every now and again, somebody comes and takes you up and they take you down to the lobby and they give you a chef coat and they take some pictures and then back upstairs. Later on, you find out that the reason is because that there's 17 other cast members staying in that hotel and you're not allowed to know who they are. You're not allowed to know who they are. You're not allowed to contact them. You're not allowed to have conversations with them. Um, you would order room service for breakfast every single day. Lunch and dinner, they would give you a menu um, and you order food and they hook you up. Uh, and then it's like a lot of rearranging furniture and push-ups and just watching you TV. You couldn't leave the room? Like you couldn't go down to the jacuzzi or nothing? No, man, because you don't know. If, even if I wanted to smoke a cigarette, uh, I smoked a lot of cigarettes back in the day. Um, I would have to call a production assistant and they would have to come up and escort you downstairs because they don't know if another contestant is down there smoking. So they can't have you crossing paths with people. That's weird. Like you're going to meet them anyway. Like what's the, that's, I guess that's only developing a friendship before the show that's not on camera, but. Uh, that's, you just said it exactly. They want everything on camera. <sighs> that's crazy. Everything, everything's got to be on camera. So I remember the day it happened. It was like they go and they pack up your shit. You don't pack up any of your stuff. They cho they chose the clothes I wore um, and the clothes that I picked out. And it's like the pictures that they take, you need to look like that during the first episode also. So then you get dressed. They approve what you're wearing. They take you downstairs and they usher you into a hallway. And I was the last one to get ushered into this hallway. And that's where the 17 other contestants were. And it was like, oh, I remember you, I remember you, and I remember you. Um, and then within four minutes of that, you're on a bus and the show starts. That's crazy. So yeah. were, you like, were you like sizing people up? I don't really have to size people up. I'm usually the one that gets sized up. I have a, a pretty intimidating personality. So when I walk onto a bus or into a room, like I'm usually standing tall, chin up, shoulders out, like a big fucking peacock. <laughs> and uh and so people are usually looking at me um even if people like I, you can't really like how you how do you tell like i'm lucky i have the size advantage over a lot of people um but like you like for all i know you've worked 10 years at restaurant danielle for all i know you've trained in fucking like who the fuck knows you found out a lot on the first day uh who was shit and who was not uh, one square pineapples fucking hit a plate. You were like, not so worried about this guy. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some things where it's like, I feel like, yo, like, is that planted? Like, I think there was one, like, I don't even know what the hell season it was from where you guys got to go do the, uh, uh, they give you 15 bucks or whatever. You got to run through the shop, pick out whatever. And then they, whatever that they charge for it. And some dude like picked up pre-made ravioli and shit. It was like that late into the season. It was like, what? You're you are you make all your choices. All your choices are free will. They don't they don't advise you. They don't steer you in any directions. They don't do any of that. They are smart, and they'll have stuff like that out. Um, but they don't force you to take any of that. Like so, I I did Chopped also. Um, I shot the Food Network show Chopped before it was bought by the Food Network, and then I did an episode for them also. Um, 
and it's like first round it's like you open up the refrigerator and there's like heavy cream and butter and all this shit in there right so like second round comes and you're like oh there's heavy cream in the fridge and you go and you open up the fridge and the fridge is completely different and it's like all the heavy cream is gone all the butter's gone um so they chopped it shit like that um but i don't remember any of that stuff on on hell's kitchen it's like they give you the best of the best ingredients and the best of the best products. If you're fucking something up, it's because you suck. If something <laughs> is there, like the canned pineapple that I'm just referencing, that he cut into squares, which makes no fucking sense. The <laughs> only reason that was there was because part of the application process was submit a signature dish and the ingredients that go along with that. So if there was canned pineapple there, homeboy fucking requested it. You know? It's like, Sure. You know, so it was probably just like, I use canned pineapple at home, so I'm going to use it here too. It doesn't make any freaking sense, but they did that because he asked for it. So did the show, because I know that a lot of people that were on the show, or maybe not a lot of people, like they're just like, they just stopped cooking. Like, did the show alter your view on food or cooking or anything like that? Or any of those that you've been on? No, none of them altered my view. Like it, it altered my view on reality television just because like I experienced it firsthand. Like I saw every little bit of every single piece. Um, and then I saw what was actually shown like the, the Kerry and Brent, Brendan, Brendan, Brandon, whatever his fucking name is. Who cares? <laughs> um, that, that, that instance where like, it looks like they're going to hit um, and they're not. You know, so it altered my view on, on, on that, on how it's pieced together. But that's their job. The production's crew is to make a show that people want to watch. We get six million viewers an episode. Right. So they need to keep people watching that. Um, for all the nobodies and has-beens that were on the show that no longer cook, you probably shouldn't have done it in the first place. <laughs> uh, you probably had no passion and probably didn't want to do it. The people that were actually cooks and chefs are still doing it. You know, like... Um, I typically don't do things like this because I don't want to be known as the guy that was on Hell's Kitchen. I did that when I was younger um, because I had the opportunity and I don't like to miss opportunities, but I don't advertise that now. I'm a chef. Like if somebody asks me, I'm honest and I'm front, um, but I'm a chef. That's what I do. That's my craft. That's what I choose. You know? So when you like, when you're like, when you're like cooking, like for like, as far as like our signature dishes, is that real? Like, does every chef, is it like a card that they like, is it like a, and does it change from time? Like, is it like something that people, is it like a real fucking thing? They're like, hey, bro, like, what's your signature dish? Like, is that even real? So I'm getting ready to do an event Valentine's Day for uh, a family over here in Jersey. And they asked me what my signature dish was. And my response was, I'm a chef. I don't have a signature dish. Everything I do is unique. Everything I do is original. These are my comfort zones. This is my background and my training. And that is where I go with my culinary adventure. I don't have one dish that I'm like, oh, my dish is a spinach and goat cheese stuffed chicken roulade served with broccoli. That's just fucking stupid. You know, like it just doesn't make sense. Uh, As far as the signature dishes on Hell's Kitchen, uh, I had to submit three dishes um, and a list of ingredients, essentially a full on recipe for the dishes. And then when we're on our way to, cook the signature dish they hand you a card and show you which one you're doing so they do keep you kind of on your toes so you're not like 
I have one dish and I'm going to practice it a million and one friggin' times. Uh, so that way it's in my head and, and it's just clockwork. You don't know which one it's going to be. You don't know how that's going to get altered, you know? So to their credit, they like, they want people to struggle. That That's the entertainment part of it. Right. So like, I like to cook, you know, but like sometimes I like fuck it up and I just eat it, you know, like, is there anything like, like, do you have to like make it perfect every time on the show? No, no. Like you, like in general, like me personally. Yeah. If you're like cooking I, for your family or something, you like, if I'm cooking for my wife and my kids, I fuck up a lot. I do. <laughs> like I'm going to call a spade a spade. There's so many times that I'm improperly searing things or I'm, uh, I overcook things. I overcooked chicken the other day. That's life. It's a bitch, but what am I going <laughs> to fucking do? If I'm at work, my job, I get paid. I create a life for my family by not doing that. Right. Um, there's a big difference between me cooking at home. Chances are I have my headphones in. I have some sort of music playing. I'm watching TV or a movie. I have two kids running around me at the same time. Like there's a lot of factors that go into play. And it's also like, my wife is kind of a vegetarian. My youngest son is a vegetarian. My oldest son is a little picky with certain things, but not others. So like, I'm trying to appease everybody in one meal where in a restaurant, I'm being paid a lot of money to make sure that everything is what it needs to be. If it is not what I want it to be, it's going to come back. You're going to do it again because the guests are paying for it to be a certain thing. You know, do people really send dishes back all that often? In a kitchen, in a restaurant, in a restaurant. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like I've never seen anybody like send something back. Yeah. All the time. Sorry about the close up of my eye. I'm just trying to get some water. Oh, um, yeah. Um, pretty constantly. Uh, it sucks because, um, there are certain things that are, are guaranteed like chicken, you know, needs to be cooked according to New York city department of health. Chicken needs to be cooked to 165 degrees. So, we know that anything under that, like if that's not a preference thing. So it's got to be what it needs to be. Seasoning is a big thing. We season things the way things should taste. Excuse me. We season things the way things should taste. A lot of everyday palates, um, our salt levels are a little too high for people. So people send stuff back and they're like, this is salty. And like the first thing I always say, it's not salty. It might be a little salty for your taste. However, it's not salty. Like, this is what I get paid to do. It's not salty. Um, so people send shit like that back. You have your asshole customers that I want my steak medium rare, but in actuality, they want it medium well. You know, like medium rare is a specific thing. Medium rare on a steak is around 120 degrees. Like, that's a warm red center. That's what medium rare is. A lot of people think like a little pink hue to your meat is medium rare. No, fuck that. That's medium well. <laughs> you know so you get stuff like that and then there's just some people you just can't please it's true it's like the customer is not always right i'm a firm believer in that so a lot of times customers are right and we eat it and if you tell me that i did something wrong i'm going to fully look into that and i might be wrong and if i am you know like i'm a human being i'm gonna fuck up i don't piss perfection um but then you have the the douchebags that are just trying to cause problems are like you guys ever like comp a meal yeah, sometimes it's easier to comp meal than deal with the guest. Uh, that's fair. You ever, um, you ever like teach a class or anything? Or so that's what I, I do that fairly often. So here in Jersey, uh, one of my little brother's uh, good friends uh, owns a company in a town called Hoboken. 
they're called the Hudson Table, and it's a culinary education and and uh, culinary education and culinary boutique. We our bread and butter is cooking classes. We have like four hundred classes in our repertoire, and it's like you and your girlfriend, like you choose a class and you go, and there's eight other couples. So it's we COVID obviously we're a little screwed up, but typically it's sixteen people, four tables of four. And like I did one last night, it was um, the secrets of stir fry, where we're teaching you like stir fried shrimp and uh, peppered beef and broccoli, um, fried rice, banana dumplings, like all this shit. And we teach you guys how to make it. You guys make it the entire time under our guidance to make sure that nobody screws anything up. Then we teach you how to cook everything the right way. And then you guys sit down and you eat together and you bring your own wine and your beer uh, and it's really cool. I really dig on stuff like that because the majority of people don't know how to do things like that. And when you teach them hands-on, um, it's what it is. I mean, what's the point of having years upon years of culinary knowledge if you're not going to share it? Like, why keep it to yourself? Um, and it's fun. People, 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 are, people dig on that. Hoboken, is that, a, is that like where Cake Boss is filmed? I remember, I remember that shit. Uh, whatever yeah, his name is, Buddy. Buddy Valestro. Nice guy. Stupid long. So I lived in Hoboken for years. My wife and I did before we had kids. Uh, now we're not spending $3,500 a month for renting a one-bedroom apartment, which is <laughs> beyond fucking ridiculous. Um, but he would have a three-hour wait at, at his shop. And it's like, fuck, man. So like a lot of, local, a lot of locals were just like, this is stupid. So what he ended up doing was if you went to the front of the line with your ID that had a Hoboken address, you can just go straight in and go to the front of the line. Oh, that's sick. And they moved it to where Hoboken residents had priority. Oh, that's dope. It was really, it was really cool. And it's, uh, he did my 30th birthday cake, uh, which was a New York Rangers themed birthday cake. And I hope he's healing well. He had a, a pretty traumatic injury to his hand somewhat recently. Oh, shit. Um, He's got, apparently he's got an indoor bowling alley in his house and he was going to remove a pin or something. And some part of the machine went through his hand Damn, gouged him pretty bad. And, uh, he's a nice guy, man. Like, I don't know what people say about him. I don't really care what people say about him. I've never had anything but positive experiences. Um, like I said, he did Hoboken the right way. Um, my 30th birthday cake was pretty bomb. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know anything about the guy. I just remember like watching the shows like a kid, you know, you fall asleep and all of a sudden it'd be three in the morning and that show's on. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Plus, you know, like, <laughs> that's yeah, he's got, he's got a, a slew of locations now. He's all over the place. I, bet. Um, I, I believe he's in other countries as well. I mean, he's in um, a freaking bowling alley in his own house. Yeah, it's pimp status right there, man. You know, you <laughs> made it when you're. When you're knocking pims in your living room, you know. Do you, do you use any like pre-made? This now it's like totally off topic. But do you use any like yeah. pre-made uh, like seasonings or anything like Tony Chacheries? I've never heard of Tony's Chach. Um, Tony Chacheries. It's like a southern thing. Never heard of it. There are certain things I use, like uh, no, you know what? Now that like pre-mixes, no, not really. Um. With my kids, obviously, we use like box mac and cheese and all that crap. <laughs> um, like we don't make, we don't buy tomato sauce. My kids help me. We make three gallon batches of tomato sauce, and then we jar them so we always have tomato sauce. 
uh, soups and stuff. My kids help me make soup. Like I said, we're Jews. Like part of like our ultimate comfort is like matzo ball soup. So like we make like three gallons of matzo ball soup at a time and we put it in quarts and we keep it in the freezer in the garage. Um, we try to keep stuff as like homemade and fresh as possible. Um, we do keep frozen vegetables on hand because sometimes I'm just not in a fucking mood. Like, <laughs> I work all day and it's like my wife did too. My wife has a very, very uh, important job. My wife works for a pretty major magazine corporation here in New York city. Um, and she's very high up on, on, on the ladder. That's so tough. she, she works a lot and she works late sometimes. And if there's something going down, like she's got to deal with that. I'm fortunate enough that like, if I'm at home, I'm usually not working. Um, so when I'm at home, it's like me and the boys, um, and if they need to eat, they need to fucking eat. You're 24. You don't, I, I don't, I don't think you have kids, but like no. <laughs> when, when they're fucking hungry, like the walls are going to come down if you don't put food in their mouth. Right. Really? So you need, so you need something, especially my, my eight year old is uh, like four and a half foot, like 85 pounds. Kid's a fucking monster. He's a monster. <laughs> you know, like when he says I'm hungry, it's like, I'm in fear for my life like he needs <laughs> he needs food now you know the kid will sit down and eat a 12 ounce new york strip two baked potatoes and and broccoli damn and then be like, then be like what's for dessert <laughs> <laughs> um but as far as like mixes and stuff i i don't like i said like in restaurant life like we make stuff that's what we do you know at least the the places that i work i know not every place is a scratch kitchen um but I primarily work in scratch kitchens. It's kind of like what it is, you know? So like at home, like if I'm making something, we kind of make it in bulk. So I'm not making it constantly. Like I make, like we do barbecue here a lot. Um, so like we make our own barbecue rubs and then I use the food saver and I suck the air out of it and I have it for a decent amount of time, you know? You ever swing through like a Mickey D's or do you kind of, yeah. fuck yeah. I got kids, bro. <laughs> Hey, kids, man, my savior is Happy Meals, not for the eight-year-old. The eight-year-old will take a Happy Meal and a medium number two also. What's that, the two cheeseburgers? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yep. Yep. But he's eight, so, like, dude wants the Happy Meal toy. Like, I don't blame him, you know, especially when it's, like, a movie he wants to go see. Um, but, unfortunately, four chicken nuggets just doesn't do it for him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like we try we try not to um but i mean like i'd be a liar if i said we didn't roll through a drive-thru like who the fuck what kind of parent doesn't like <laughs> I, I don't know man if it would be anybody i thought maybe it'd be you guys do you do you do you roll through a drive-thru yeah i got you know you can't see behind here but like right before this i hit up arby's i got chipotle trash behind me yeah dude I'll like dude like i'm a chef like i cook food all day long like, I don't want to go home all the time and have to cook food again. I don't. Like, so sometimes it's easier to, like, make a salad or something for the wife and I. And it's like, we did it the other day. It was like, we just got hit with two feet of snow here. Like, we got free. We got friggin' worked. It was, I think, like, 30 hours of, like, nonstop snow. Uh, and it ended up in the snow drifts were, like, three and a half feet. Um, so, like, I sat there and it's like. I'm shoveling like a donkey, like an asshole. And it's like, I come inside and it's like, I don't want to cook. Um, my neighbor helped, helped me out a little bit. So I'm, I made soup. Like, that's kind of like how I say thank you to people is like, I cook for them. Um, to me, that's like, 
I could buy you something, but like, I think it's more special. Like when you make somebody something. So like I made like a soup with like mushrooms and barley and butternut squash and, and kale, like a very, very like healthy warming soup. So like my wife and I ate that the kids aren't going to eat that. So I got in the car and I went to McDonald's and I got them some happy meals. You know, I got myself a Coke because McDonald's Coke fountain is like the best fucking soda in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, man, like, I'm all about it. I'm all like, it helps. It helps out a lot, man. As long as it's uh, in moderation. Dude, is there like when other people cook, like, I remember when I was like 12, I was over at like my cousin's house and for like Christmas Eve or Thanksgiving or whatever the hell it was. And she cooked and she, it was terrible. She sucked ass at it. It was like, she cooked like some butternut squash. It was like yellow freaking soup. It was trash Uh, all this stuff. And like, you ever have somebody like cook or like you try someone else's cooking and you're just like, man, what the fuck is this? Like you should just let all me. the time, really? all the time, all you the time. Anything? I'm, I'm an, I'm no, I never, never, absolutely never. You know, like I love my mother to death, but my mother doesn't cook technically correct, <laughs> but, but she cooks with love because she wants her kids and her family to enjoy. It. And that like has a big, that's, that's big, man. You know, like I'll take my mother's food that's not technically correct <laughs> over somebody's food that's technically correct and has no care. You, you know, if, if that if that makes sense. Um, for me, the worst thing anybody can do, and this is just in general and in life, like I hate it when people talk shit up. Because then I, I go into it with like such high hopes that it's rarely met, like the worst thing anybody can do is talk up a movie to me oh it's uh, avengers endgame was the best fucking movie in the world yada 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 yada. because then i'm gonna go in there and be like it was good but like it wasn't that good right you know granted endgame was fucking awesome yeah Uh, (laughs) but like if somebody tells somebody takes you to a restaurant like my buddy recently uh he i grew up with this kid and he happens to live uh like five minutes away from where i live and he was talking to me about a taco shop uh, by where he lives and keep in mind like so like the whole justin thing that i was talking about earlier like it was a taco shop that we ended up opening up together oh hell yeah uh, it's a mexican inspired smokehouse and taqueria so we do like mexican brisket and mexican ribs and like all that shit and we do tacos also also um so like this dude's talking up this taco shop and he's like it's the best tacos ever and it's like fuck you i just opened up a taco shop i have the best tacos ever uh and i went in there and like I ordered literally every single thing on this lady's menu. Um, and I just, I tore it apart. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel bad. I feel bad. My buddy's never going to go there again. Um, and I just, I hate going in with high hopes uh, because then I, I, I will look for every single flaw that's there from like the fucking one stain on the carpet. As soon as I walk in to the little fucking light bulb in the kitchen, that's out that I'm not even supposed to see to the little crease on the fucking napkin. Like, I'm gonna, my wife hates going out to eat with me because I'm just like, (laughs) why'd you have to keep the, uh, the taco thing under wraps in the beginning? You thought you'd get hit with like cultural appropriation or something. Can you stop recording for a minute? And I'll tell you. No, it's it's good. (laughs) It's good. You can tell me after. I'll tell you afterwards. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so is there any, like, benefits from, like, so there's this girl that, and we follow each other on Instagram. She's always posting some weird-ass shit, like, with food, like, she cooks and stuff. And uh, this morning, or last night, she posted that she saved, when she cooks spaghetti, 
she saves the water in her fridge for her hair. What the fuck? That's not where I thought that was going. I swear. I swear. <laughs> right now. I swear. Like, so, like, like and so everybody was sending, everybody was sending it to me like, she can't be serious. And then she like posted like a video of her, of her doing it. And I was like, what I, the- I don't, I, I don't get it. Like culinarily speaking, we use pasta water for a lot of things. Okay. Um, when you cook pasta, like it's releasing starch and it's releasing that flavor into that water. And that water is a great binder to start finishing your pasta once it's cooked. Um, so I always tell people to, once they drain their pasta or before they drain their pasta, take a half a cup to a cup of pasta water and leave it to a side. And that's like what you should be adding in with your sauce and all that stuff. Um, never rinse pasta. I've never fucking heard of somebody putting it in there. I don't know what benefit you'd get from that. I'm not a hair guy though. Like, I mean, like, look at me, I'm scruffy as shit. Like, right. For me, it's like hit the sides and back on a one blade and leave me alone. Um, so I don't know. I got to ask my wife about that. I've heard avocado in the hair. I've never heard pasta water. What, <laughs> if, it's, what if it's gluten-free pasta? Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> Does it have to be like a certain salinity level? Like I, I, it just it was yellow. I don't know, but I wouldn't put it in my hair. No way. Just nope. dove. Just dove. From, uh, dove know. men care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the two for one. <laughs> yeah, me too, bro. I try to say I try to save steps. <laughs> all right one last question before we get into the submitted questions how is yeah, like the current because i mean coronavirus has affected freaking everybody and it sucks dick and and everything especially because all my shows got canceled for the past year it's really sucked ass but how has coronavirus affected like you and like what you do i'm a display chef so what i do on a day-to-day basis is i run food and beverage for uh, a pretty major hotel company in new york city um, the hotel that I'm primarily stated at is on, uh, it's in Times Square. We're 800 rooms. We're sold out on a continuous basis. We were doing $50 million a year plus in food and beverage sales a year. Um, I've been furloughed for 11 months now. Wow. Hence the, hence the beard. Um, I'm 40. Hold on. What year is this? 2021. I'm going to be 42 this year. Um, I've worked my entire life. I've worked steady job since I was around 13 years old. Uh, this is the first time in my life I've, I sit around and fucking do nothing. Hence, hence the beard. I actually trim this today, you know, <laughs> like typically, typically I can't even go a day without shaving just because like we have to maintain a certain appearance. I've always worked in well-known, uh, prominent places in New York city. And we have a certain level of, of, um, cleanliness that we have to adhere to. So like, obviously shaving is part of that manicured look. Um, so I'm going to grow it out now, but like I'm 11 months without a job now. I mean, and it's like, you hear everybody saying that like, um, stimulus, I'm not going to turn this into political. So we'll, we'll move on. You want me to to do it? You want me to do it? If you want, yeah, Uh, go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm sick and tired of people sitting here saying that like stimulus checks don't help. Why don't you just go get a fucking job? And it's like, I've spent my entire life countless hours and countless dollars perfecting my craft my fucking life has i I sit here every day and watch my career and my industry collapse upon itself and you're telling me that i need to get a fucking job like eat my ass (laughs) eat my ass you know there's coming from people that 
don't have a lot of training, don't do this. And it's like, they sit there with their stupid fucking pencil pushing job that they have no passion about and no love for. I mean, think about you, like you spent how many years working on your standup and your, your, your comedic routines and jokes and writing all this stuff and trying to perfect your craft and do what you are. And imagine one day that just wasn't there anymore. That just wasn't there. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And it's not just my industry. It's like there's countless industries that are out there right now. Um, and it's like, I hope one day it comes back to what it was, but I honestly just don't think it is like banquet and hotel business is never going to be what it was, uh, 11 months ago. Um, it's, it's just not, I mean, there are places that are getting by, but like, who the fuck is making money with 25% indoor dining? Right. Ooh. And it's like, I'm not sitting here. I'm not. I'm not an activist for like saying like we have to open up restaurants at full capacity. Like everyone needs to be safe and everybody needs to, to understand the situation that we're in. We're in a shitty situation. Like, like I said, I don't know what it's like in California, but around here you can't enter a store without having a uh, full facial covering. Um, there needs to be six foot of distance. You go food shopping. There's a clicker guy at the front door and one at the exit to making sure that there's only X amount of people in the store. And then you have like, all these fucking stupid uh, <clears throat> MAGA uh, assholes that sit there and it's like, I don't need no mask. We're not. It's like, go eat a dick, bro. Eat a dick. Like everyone wants to talk about how, how human they are. And then you have some fucking dumb fuck comedian wannabe food critic go into a small mom and pop place that just opened up and you want to publicly try to tear them down. It's like, whatever happened to human decency? It's, it's so it's different because for like perspectives so now I see your perspective and then the perspective over here and then my biological dad who I've never fucking met but we talk online he just opened up a restaurant or like like a year ago like he opened it up like two months before the pandemic hit and he's over in like the Royal Harbor in England and over there it's like way more strict he was telling me about like when it first started like when it first started there would be people like you could at the grocery store you could only buy like essential shit so like if you wanted to buy like a box of lucky charms you couldn't like it's it was like that strict over there like i don't remember getting that strict here but like that was so, like they're like closed as shit like there's not even takeout like their restaurant is just freaking sitting there Whereas here, I'm not going to say the places that we go to, but like, if you go to certain spots that, you know, are like low key open, there's no one taking like counters. Like I was at this place the other day and it's like hundred percent capacity. Like it's, it's, that's just how it is. And I, I know the owner of this place. Uh, and I was asking, I was like, dude, aren't you like the, the fucking police departments across the street? I was like, aren't you afraid? Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, when they get off, they come and drink in here too. I'm like, all right, fair enough. And I was like, whatever. Around here where I am, when, when everything first started, there were certain hours that you could go shopping and stuff like that. And a lot of, like like you were saying, you can only buy essentials. Uh, where I am, essentials were limited. So it was one pack of toilet paper per shopping trip, one pack of paper towels per shopping trip, uh, one thing of milk, one thing of cream. Um, water was limited to two bottles per person. And like even chicken, it was like one pack of chicken per family. Like shit got tight, man. It's like you would try to wheel and deal. And there was a point where we, when we first got quarantined that I was driving an hour, 20 minutes away just to buy chicken. Man. Yeah. Like it, it got, it got rough. Um, I remember that that did happen here in the, only in the very beginning though. 
Yeah, like things obviously lightened up, but like even now, like the grocery store by my house, like if I go there and they're shy on paper towels, they put a one limit, a one a one pack limit on, on what you're buying. Um, where you got into what you just said about like this bar that you go to and the police station being across the street, there's that occurred in the town next to us where uh, an owner of a restaurant. I understand both cases because like I'm in the industry, like I understand the necessity to have your restaurant at full capacity because that's how we make money. Right. Like I said, we're not making money at 25%. It costs us more in labor than what we're making from that 25%. And this guy basically said, fuck governor Murphy, fuck the police, fuck everybody. Come and find me. And he would pack his restaurant every single day and the police would show up and give him a $500 fine. After the third fine, they shut his restaurant down. Damn. Yep. So like, but he also made it public. He like in the newspaper saying, come get me. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're not doing that here. It's just kind of who, you know, you know, you know, like, but like, that's how, that's how shit happens, man. Like you have these stupid assholes that can't follow protocol and mandates and they're ruining it for everybody else. You know, like I said, my four-year-old's upstairs now because his daycare got shut down because of a COVID outbreak. You know, and it's like, be smart. Like, just be smart. It takes you 30 seconds to, to put a mask in and go in the store and get what you need. Right. You know, as, as chefs, chefs around here, we're, we're mandated by, by the health department that our cooks have to wear a mask for their entire shift. So imagine working over a 900 degree grill, sweating nuts, and you have this mask on the entire time. <laughs> but but they they do it happily because they're making money. Right. They do it happily because they're making money. You know, and I get into arguments on like I said, like I said, I, if I have something to say, I'm gonna say it. I walked into a place and uh nobody had masks on. I said, like, I already ordered my food. Like, can you guys put some masks on so I can come get my food? And they gave me a problem about it. And like some guest that was there was like, what does it have to do with you? And I told her, I said, like, you clearly don't know what I do for a living. Like if this was my business, my business had the, the possibility of being shut down for this, I would make everybody wear two masks. Right. Like you're affecting my livelihood. It's not like I, I'm McDonald's where I have some corporation, corporation backing me up. Like if my place gets shut down or something happens like this restaurant where the guy said to fuck everybody. Like now my kids don't eat, you know, just follow the fucking mandate. (laughs) Stupid. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's two things that I don't like really understand about the the whole pandemic. And I just kind of want to, I haven't written anything about the pandemic because I just kind of want this thing to be over and forget about it. I don't want to freaking even bring it up. And I'm sure that I I thought about this. I was like, is he going to bring up the pandemic or politics? I was like, yeah, comedians always talk about that shit. <laughs> I, I just want to forget about it. And I know that, like, I mean, I've been doing, like, low-key shows and stuff. And people don't want to fucking hear about it. They want to forget about it, too. So, you know, yeah. so I don't mean, I don't even want to bring that shit up. And people bring it up. And, I mean, if it's funny, it's funny. But I just don't even want to touch it. But what I don't get is the whole the whole toilet paper stock up that in the beginning is that was just freaking weird. And then yeah. the uh, how the mask got, like, politicized where people are just like, we're being like controlled by the like what? It's not, it's, it's not political. It's medical. It's one hundred percent. It's nothing to do with politics. It doesn't. The only reason it has to do politics because we're fucking Americans and we're following a fucking orange leader for four fucking years that made it a political thing. 
you know? That's what's funny about uh, like talking to like my dad over in England is that over there, everybody just wore a mask. They were just like, and the whole time, this whole time, everybody's like, what the fuck's going on with America? We're, we're a joke. Like, I hate <laughs> to say it like that. Like, my grandfather fought for this country. Like, I'm very proud of where I live and I'm very proud of where I'm from. Right. I'm very proud of our military. I'm very proud of it. But like, it's not a political thing. It's not, it's not a political thing. It's like, a, I don't want you to get sick and I don't want myself to get sick. So like, you know, it's like me walking into, it's like, I understand it might technically be a mandate and it's not a written law, but like, it's like 7-Eleven has no shirt, no shoes, no service. Right. Like, so can I walk in there with my fucking belly hanging out and go get a Slurpee? <laughs> no, they're going to, they're going to tell me to fuck off out the door. I mean, I don't know you about know? there, but you, people do that all the time out here. Not around here, brother. <laughs> we got the beach out here. People, be, girls be walking out with their tits out and shit. It's crazy. No, nah, man. This here's the East Coast, man. Even in the dead of summer, summer we're dressed in all black. You know? <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Well, yeah, let's man. jump into these submitted questions. I pulled three out of the, uh, out of the deck. Uh, the first one that someone asked was, would you cook human meat? For a foreign king with no legal repercussions, job pays six fifty k a year. Six hundred fifty thousand k a year. Yeah, that's human. American money. American money to cook humans. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> do do I have to know who the human was before I cook it? No, but you got to cook. Like, that's fine. That's fine. Like as long as there's not like it's like Kobe beef where there's like lineage papers that go with it. Like as long as there's not like a name to it, like, like this is Greg from Hoboken, like <laughs> exactly. As long as I don't have to like, she was she left behind three kids, two dogs, and a, a fucking cat. You know, like you're telling me six hundred that'll pay for a lot of drugs to fucking make me forget about what I just did. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know? What yeah. do you think would be the best part of a human? <sighs> wow, that's a tough one, man. You know, like this is a very weird. But like there, I've worked at a place where my sous chef actually had this conversation like full on. He was like, well, th this is what I would do to a human being to eat it. And I was just like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> um, so like this has actually come up before in a very, very weird way. Um, I think that the part I would go for the most. Any type of cooking procedure, I would probably go belly okay i would go belly probably you know <laughs> like something with like yeah well no, i don't know if i would choose you for belly you look like a very very slender skinny guy <laughs> like for you for you i might go like cheek or something like that <laughs> you know but like you got a guy like me like uh I, I would go belly man make some human bacon oh man that was I a know, good question that was good it's fucked up right <laughs> <laughs> The next one is uh, this one actually came up a few times. Uh, it's like a two part thing. Uh, one, did you ever want to square up with Chef Ramsey, or was it kind of just funny when he was yelling at other people? So I was uh, one of the fortunate ones. I never got yelled at by Chef Ramsey. He never came at me. Um, so I never wanted to like for what? He was a pussy cat. He's a super super nice guy. A super sweet guy. Um, he had earphones, obviously, with production talking to him at all times. So if he's coming at you, it's because you're doing something stupid and production is letting him know about it. This goes back to what we talked about earlier about, like, somebody up in your grill yelling at you in a grill kitchen. Like, right. 
it happens. It's not a personal thing. He's not like Ramsey's not like, Will, I don't fucking like you because you're fat and you're a Jew and you're from Jersey. <laughs> like, I don't like you because you just fucking overseared my beef. It's not, it's not a personal thing. It's like a you fucked up thing. So you probably deserve it anyways. You know, I, I can see like if you're coming from like being a cook in a retirement home or a fast food place, something that's not like a real kitchen. Right. That uh, you take offense to that or your 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 pussy hurt because of that. But like <laughs> in a real kitchen, that's pretty common. Like you get yelled at. That's what it is. You know, don't fuck up and you won't get yelled at. And the last one, this dude uh, talked to me a little bit and said that his girlfriend and him got into an argument one time because she believes, and we're going to have you settle it for good, uh, she believes that you could burn water. What? She believes that you could burn water. She believes that like when it evaporates, that's you burning water. Is that, can you burn water? First off, I've I've never tried to burn water, but... um, (laughs) I would imagine that due to the science of water evaporating and not leaving anything behind that you're not burning water. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel that like it's just like turning a pot on with nothing in it. I mean, obviously if like you live in like an area like New Jersey where our tap water is not the best, I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of residue left in the pan um, that might discolor. But that's technically not burning water because the water has evaporated out. That, okay. So I'm going to go with absolutely not as nothing to do with the fact that I think boyfriends and husbands are right over wives and girlfriends. <laughs> um, I think it's more just uh, the laws of evaporation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, before we get into closing, I just want to say uh, Fresno, I'm coming your way. May 29th, I'm headlining uh, La Maison. Uh, bringing along Don Pierno and Brandon Legendary to open up for me. It's going to be a great show. Come on by Fresno. And with that being said, I leave the last minute of the podcast to the guest. Thank you for coming on, man. Like, this was a lot of fun. This is great. Uh, the last minute's all you, man. You can say whatever, plug whatever, do whatever. This next minute's all you, dude. Not really going to plug. I'm just going to say that uh, we're all on this really shitty time right now. Be kind to your waiters and your waitresses. Support local business. Support the little guy. Uh, go for the big guy every now and again, but don't be a dick. All right. It pays to be kind. Uh, with that being said, check out Oren Oak, uh, birdhouse, Stratford, Connecticut. Shout out to my boy DK. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. This is a lot of fun. Yo, man. I appreciate it, man. All right. You ever do any shows out this way, man? Let me know, man. I'd love to come check it out. Absolutely. I will. Perfect.